the GM is now mad at the fans, and I am mad at the Titans. I mean, I thought yesterday's game was one of the most frustrating Titans games I've watched in a long, long time, and that is saying something because, let's be honest, we've all seen the Titans over the last 20 years, and there have been a lot of bad, they're just embarrassing, tough, whatever you want to call them, losses. So before we get back to the phones, I do have a question for you, GM. Yes, sir. And it's a very simple question. Why, if you could put your finger on why the Titans lost yesterday, what would you say the reason why was? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that's impossible to do. I mean, what would, I mean, what, what could you count on? The only person in the first half that played, in my opinion, was the quarterback. Uh, Landry. Well, he kind of played throughout the whole game, but I'm talking about on offense. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, you got nothing else you could do or nothing else done in the first half. Threw the ball, it was tipped, intercepted. Okay, so now all of a sudden you're down again. I mean, it, it, there was just nothing that worked. Nobody that played. I mean, a quarterback was out there slinging it, and, and he was getting nothing. You know, he got nothing in return. And... um and then you got to a point where you finally started looking like you had a chance to get back in it. And what happened? You know, here's a dumb fake punt call that works. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? You know, I mean, it's it, it, we've seen, uh, you know, Vrabel make fourth down calls that may not agree with, but everybody understands that don't work. Well, I don't know. I don't know why one would. I mean, you saw the play, too. A quarterback I mean, sneak was, at midfield against the Chargers was, should work a lot it, more than that fake punt against the Titans. Yeah, yesterday. I mean, that was ugly, and they didn't want to do it, and it didn't, and yet it works. I, you know, those are dumb things. That's why guys, foot, you know, football guys have ulcers because of plays like that. I mean, it's the things that you can't factor in. You can account for... You know, 90% of but there's that 10% you cannot factor in. And, you know, you got to live with it because everybody does. So I, I asked you for one reason why the Titans didn't win. Like, I, I, you put your finger on it. And so I, 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 it's unfair because I have two. And so I asked you for one, and I, I got with two. The first one is they didn't show up. Like they as a team yesterday, they did not show up. And I don't know why they didn't show up. But you just said, who played on offense? The quarterback was the only one. Where were you, A.J. Brown? Ball in the hands. Doink. I mean, where were you, Deion Lewis? But see, I don't, to Fumble. me, that's, that's not a lack of effort. Where were you, Taylor Lewan? I mean, the, hands to the face. The fumble was not, I mean, we saw Derrick Henry fumble last week. I mean, the fumbles, you know, I mean, and I'm not taking up for fumbles. Cause you because you hate fumbles. Yeah, nobody in the world hates fumbles and, and interceptions more than me. Now, there are a lot of them that hate as much. But, uh, I mean, I am not taken up for anybody that fumbles. Um, but, I mean, you know, does it have? Yeah. I mean, he didn't set out to go out there and fumble. I mean, he wasn't even carrying the ball loosely. I, it's just like even there was one play – where I don't remember how the drive ended. I want to say Carolina kicked a field goal. It may have been the fourth and two where they scored the touchdown to McCaffrey. But the quarterback throws a beautiful ball that a Dory Jackson should intercept. He throws it above a Dory's head in the zone, and a Dory's right there, and the ball goes right through his hands. 
Oh, yeah. Adoree for a long, long interception. Actually, he actually tipped it. Yeah, and it was That's a huge how game. It was. Oh, yeah. And it's like Adoree and, intercept the ball. And Adoree actually played pretty well yesterday, so I'm not going to dog him too much. But catch the ball. Uh, and, and Butler had the same thing. Butler had a uh, Oh, uh, Butler had one hit him in the chest. Uh, yeah, hit him in the chest. And so, he didn't catch it. Now, does Butler not have hands? No, well, but right now he doesn't have a wrist, so yeah, he doesn't have everything. But but he, I mean, he understands catching. Here's we had a missed interception that led led to a field goal. Another missed interception. Um, uh, the and, fumble, and we punt, and they punted. Then we had a dropped pass that uh, Dory's that ended up being a TD. We had poor coverage. Ended up being a TD. We had a sack. Um, we got got sacked and ended up having to try a fifty six yard field goal. Oh, or what a bad, that what a yeah. bad sack! I mean, it was, there were so many. That's what I'm saying. So you go through and you all of those. You look at all those things. You say, you know, who was it? What was it? I, so like I said at the beginning, take your choice. They didn't show. And then my whoever second, you want to blame. My second was they couldn't kick, which is an underlying story of the season that is a problem that they literally cannot kick. And that is a red flag as well. Let's go back to your phones. The fans are mad at Arthur Smith. Floyd wants the fans. See, this is not fair because you get on the fans because they'll call in mad at Arthur Smith, and they might be right. I don't know. But then you kind of just you know ask them all these tough football questions. It's like a detective in the hot box with somebody, and I'm I feel not, bad for the I'm just curious. I have to go through that every day. I mean, I'm just curious why they're mad. John is up next on Arthur Smith. Go ahead, John. Hey, hey guys. Hey, listen, Arthur Smith, he's he's doing a great job. This is his first year. Rabel is doing well. Uh, he, he got the quarterback in there that we need to win. It's these guys making terrible mental mistakes with the holding, the hands of the face. This is ridiculous. Um, we got so why doesn't King. New England? Why doesn't New England get all those penalties like the Titans do? That, that is a great question. You, you know what you team? This, you know what uh, team gets penalized uh, a lot, and it bites them in the rear end almost every game. The Browns. You know what the Browns can't do? Coach. So I, I, to me, and I appreciate your call, John. My thing is, I'm not here to tell you whether or not Arthur Smith stinks. I'm not here to. I mean, Vrabel. We'll get to Vrabel in a little bit, but I'm not here to sit there and say whether or not Arthur Smith is doing a good job, bad job. I don't know, but I do know that you can't say that he and Vrabel are doing a great job right now. Because they won't even say that about themselves. You cannot say. And the caller there said, Arthur Smith's doing a great job. Vrabel's doing a great job. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, Mike said himself, we're four and five. Yeah. We're, but we're below average. So, you know, that's that's where your record is. That's who you are. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The hard thing, The hard thing about a game like this with the penalties and really turnovers, too, for the last two weeks. But... But those are two areas that we're not historically bad in. Mm-hmm. We were good in last year. We were the least penalized team in the league or close to it. And we're, we're uh, one of the lesser penalized teams in the league now. Well, so why do you pick a day like yesterday to go out and get all these dumb penalties? I don't know. Uh, you know, I wish I wish I had an answer. It's like the way you kicked last year. If you had had this quarterback playing at this level last year, you probably would have won the division the way Tannehill's playing really, really well. And it's not something that gets discussed too much because they lost yesterday. And so, you know, as is life of the quarterback in the NFL, when you lose, you stink. 
and that's just not true, but it, it's the reality that Tannehill – and I guess my point I'm trying to make here is I think Tannehill's doing a great job as quarterback of the Titans, and if you had had that last year, the problem is, is Tannehill gets you down there to start the game and you miss an easy field goal. And they've tried three kickers this year. I'm, they'll probably try some more. They might have to bring in the guy. I, I mean, yesterday Ryan Suckup looked like a guy kicking the ball who was trying to win a car at halftime. He did not look like Ryan Suckup. I thought about that one-liner in the airport yesterday. Let's go to Corey, who's up next. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Corey. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I just have one really big question. What do you do when it feels like this team is literally just destined for mediocrity? I mean, one week you get the offensive line not blocking tackles, not helping the quarterback. The other time you have them doing penalties left and right. And the whole thing with the quarterback, I mean, Tannehill is going to probably be a mirror just like Mariota was. I mean, the stats don't lie. He might be playing good this year, but who knows what's to happen for the future years or the end of the season. So I'm not, ready, coach, to, I'm not ready to say well, that Tannehill will be like Mariota. Thank you for your call. Here, here's the hard part, and you're, you want to know what, is once again, especially in a game like yesterday, now we know – that they have a solid defensive front. Their defense has been solid, and, and generally speaking, is solid. Although they didn't have their leading sacker yesterday. Right. Addison wasn't there. But um, you're playing, we just, uh, you know, talked about backup offensive linemen. Well, you've got a journeyman backup offensive lineman playing center, maybe from a, from a, um, getting the guys to do the right thing, the most important person on the offensive line because he determines protections and which way you slide and, and which way and if you need to change it and all that kind of stuff. You've got a journeyman there, and you've got a rookie playing in his, how many games is this for Davis? Three? Five, maybe. Or maybe five. I thought it was more like three, but not many games. Well, in the offensive in the NFL, the offensive line is a game you don't or a spot you generally don't like playing rookies because it is really hard to absorb all the things that you have to learn and know to get to be a quality offensive lineman. Well, he hasn't done that. He hasn't been through camp, he hasn't been through OTAs, he hasn't been through anything, hasn't done anything. Well, and and when you go out there, guess what? I mean, you're going to struggle. You're going to have penalties, and we that's why we were so mad at Lawan because, you know, the rookie is going to get penalties, and you kind of go, yep, you know. Yeah, it's bad enough to out. have two backup offensive linemen, but you can't have two highly paid starters your, playing like yeah, backup linemen. you can't have your, your all-pro left tackle. Playing like one of those rookie offensive linemen. You can't, you just don't have that much room. And let's not leave Saffold without blame. He wasn't perfect yesterday, and he's still, he's got to pay what he owes. You know, we're going we're gonna to be consistent on this show. Roger Saffold, and you know what? Taylor Lewan needs to start paying what he owes, too. And Deion Lewis needs to pay what he owes. So we'll, we'll get that out at some point. Back to your phones next, but. Why, there is one humongous cause for concern for the Titans. Well, there's a lot of causes for concern after yesterday, but one really bad one. We'll get to that next. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM live from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. Preds fans, do not miss this Wednesday night's Smashville Live featuring special guest Mike Fisher. That's right. Mike Fisher will be at uh, Cool Springs at Brewhouse South. 
7 o'clock is when Smashville Live starts. Braden Gall will host the show, and fans can also win tickets to an upcoming Predators game. A limited number of autographs or pictures will be available, so be sure to get there early. This Wednesday night, Smashville Live is brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Yeehaw Beer, and Red Spirits and Wine. Jared of the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Do you fear that Malcolm might be lost for the season? Um, that's a possibility. You know, we'll let you know when we find out more. Mike Rabel non-committal on whether or not Malcolm Butler is out for the season, but Floyd a broken wrist and surgery for a broken wrist. I gotta believe means Malcolm Butler's out for the season. You know, uh, you would think it would, and and depending on what was broken, you know, you're probably right. But um, but you can if it's if it's one of the little bones in the wrist, and they can put a screw in it or something. I mean, they can cast him up, and he could he could probably play. Where they have that like big cast with the little club or whatever. Yeah, but I don't think they'll need the club with him. I think, but I don't know that. I talk like I know what I'm talking about. I don't know, but they can. I know they can cast the wrist itself and maybe keep his fingers free, which would allow him to to play the ball a little bit. Although when Vrabel said that's a I, possibility, I, makes it sound like it's pretty likely Malcolm Butler's done for the year. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. How I much mean, of I've a loss? Obviously, broke his arm. How much of a loss is that if Butler's out? I think Butler was playing pretty well, and I think it kind of moves everybody up, and it means that Sims has to play more, and I think it's bad news for the Titans that Malcolm Butler's out for the year. Well, you'd certainly if he is if he is out yeah. for the year, which we don't know. You'd certainly rather have Butler playing than Sims, and that's not taking anything away from from either guy. But you know, Butler is the most more experienced and playing better, and and really was playing pretty good. Um, and Sims, as we know, Sims has a role as a fourth guy. Now they're, you know, I assume they're going to try sign Trey Smith back immediately, if not sooner, and and uh, and so he'll he'll be a factor too. You know, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kept them both up just so that you have the extra guy. But who knows? I mean, it's it's not you know you go three receivers and one of those guys have, is going to have to be in the game. Let's go to your phones. AG up next on the Titans. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, AG. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I ain't mad at Arthur Smith yet. I got to see a little bit more of him. And I was watching an interview with uh, A.J. Brown one time, and he was saying that everybody pushes off in the league, and I'm seeing him get a couple of push-off flags. Now, I don't know if you know the you know the league seeing him say that or what, but I'm seeing him getting a uh, call for them offensive pass interferences. And also – Everybody is talking about Deion Lewis, but I feel like Deion Lewis is a product of of Derrick Henry's insufficiencies. He is not good in pass blocking, and he is not good catching the ball out of the backfield. So Derrick Henry, our our savior running back, need to do a better job, you know, catching the ball out of backfield and pass blocking. Thank you for the call. And I, and I think they're working on that. I mean, I, it's not like he's four years in the league. Though. Yeah, yeah, he's. It's not like it, it, you know he. It's a secret of some sort that people are concerned about him catching the ball. I mean, I think he's known that, and I think he's just judging from the little bit I know about Derek. I mean, work habits and and work ethic are are not an issue. So if it's a matter of working on the jugs machine or whatever it takes, I, I got a sense that he's. He's doing that, but I mean, let's face it. You know, some guys just just don't have great hands, and we don't have. You know, you watch all these other games like we watched yesterday, and of course, you're you know, if you're watching like Red Zone, then you're just kind of seeing highlights, and and so you're always seeing the best catches. But and I used to do this as a GM. I mean, I, I would go out before the game and look at the opponent and 
and I would say, man, they're a lot bigger than we are. Man, they're a lot more physical. Man, they're a lot faster than we are. Man, you know, it's like your group is always insufficient. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, you watch people catch the ball, and I, I, just as a, you know, I don't get the impression that we catch the ball that well. You know, even even um, even Smith, who is you know, as you're talking uh, about the entire unit does not. I'm catch talking about ball. yeah, as a group, as a group, and even on defense, we didn't catch the ball well. We'd had a couple more interceptions if we'd have caught the ball well. So you know, I, I mean, I, I just didn't think, especially yesterday. Maybe I just noticed it because it was, it was, you know, we played so poorly. Um, didn't catch the ball well. Jacob up next on Dion Lewis. Go ahead, Jacob. Hi. So I was actually looking at the stats yesterday, and Dion averaged over four yards a carry for, I think, the last three years he was in New England. I'm wondering if the reason why he plays so terrible now is something schematic that we're doing, or is he just dropped off a cliff in terms of him getting older and not being able to make the moves he used to make when he was younger? Floyd, your evaluation of Deion Lewis. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question, and and to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I know that he's not getting the same type uh, of opportunities here that he got at New England, just because of the quarterback situation, if nothing else, you know. Plus, New England uses the running backs in the passing game so much more than we do, and uh, and. Um, so he's not getting the same amount of use. That being said, I mean, he, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he is getting older. I mean, I'm going to guess he he's older. 31-ish, something like that. And, you know, running backs, that's that's a little bit tough. So um, I don't know. But he's the, the truth is he's just not being near as productive as we need him to be. Dion's 29. Okay, 29. So Dion Lewis sucks, uh, I think. And I... I mean, as I said earlier today, you have no choice but to keep Deion Lewis on your team. Derrick Henry simply a liability at times in pass protection. You don't have any choice but to keep him on your team, but there's almost no chance he's on the team next year. Yeah, for, I mean, you can't pay him the, the amount. But, but they have See, that's how I also feel find, about the special teams coach and the offensive line coach. I doubt either guy's back next year. They have to find a solution to the, the running back issue. You know, uh, and and I don't know what that is, but I mean they've got to they've got to come up with something that because again you look throughout the league and and teams that are running the ball well and I mean you know the the big giant Hulk running back is not as prevalent as they used to be. You know you're you're looking now running backs that are more you know five eight two hundred pound kind of guys that are just nifty as a water bug. Yeah, but if Earl Campbell played in the NFL today, you don't think Earl would do a good job? Oh, I'm sure he would. So he you got to find the the big guy that you just right, got to find the, the guy. Is, like, I, they just got to coach Derrick Henry to be able to be a weapon in the past the game. Pro, the problem is with those guys is it just what it stereotypes what it is you're doing, and in a system at a point in time where you have to be able to do everything on every down, it makes it difficult for you. You know that that the one guy's in there, and and the same is true if it was, you know, a a jitterbug kind of guy. You know, somebody that you got the ball to the outside all the time. Well, you they see him in the game, and they're going to adjust to that too. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five six one five seven three seven one zero two five. 
is the biggest problem the Titans have fixable? And I would argue that it is the single biggest problem they have. And that you it's almost not even debatable. We'll discuss next. Jared and the GM on a Titans Monday. Uh, it's ESPN 1025. The game do not miss the pregame show. That's right. Start your morning off with a kickoff from 7 to 930, followed by the pregame show featuring former Titans receiver Chris Sanders and, of course, Jared and the GM. Live from the George Jones downtown this Sunday, 930 to 1130, prior to Titans and Chiefs. The pregame show is brought to you by Wholesaling, powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Jared and the GM. ESPN 102.5, the game. Here comes Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup just activated and added to the active roster. He went to the IR prior to the start of this season with a knee injury. Well, you have to remember, Greg, these Titans, that points are valuable to the Titans because defensively, the most points they've given up a game is 23. So most of their scores have been very low. So three points is a big deal. Suckup from 43 yards out. And he pulled it from 56 yards. On the way, right down the middle. Not enough. And short. This one will be 44. Had a knee injury. Looked good enough in practice. They activated him. This kick on the way. Hit the upright and bounced back. You can go ask him. The locker room was open. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We wouldn't have made the guy active for the game if he wasn't confident in doing his job and I wasn't confident in, in Auk and John and everybody in the organization. We'll go back to work and practice and, and try to help everybody um, do their jobs better. That was Vrabel after the three kicks. I am convinced, Floyd Reese, that no matter how you want to slice the Titan season, is it over? I don't know. But they are currently 4-5, and five, and Kansas City comes in this week, and there's more questions than there are answers, and we don't know about the coach, and we don't know about the offensive line, and a lot of guys they're paying a lot of money to aren't playing very well, and then they've lost the corner Malcolm Butler probably for the season. And it, so all these, there's so, just so many problems and issues, and I don't think you can argue kicker has been the biggest problem this season for the Titans. End of story. Kicker. Number one problem because it at least cost you one game, Indianapolis. It probably cost you Buffalo. And you can make an argument it cost you any real shot you had of winning the Carolina game, especially if you'd gotten the 3 nothing lead early when Suckup missed. Well, I think when he pushed a very easy and makeable kick. And my question is, as a coaching staff, for John Robinson, Vrabel, and you heard, you know, oh, we're just going to have to go out there and we're just going to have to go out there and, and coach him up and it. Is there really anything they can do? Is there anything they can do to fix the kicking game? And I don't know the answer to that. Well, with with Suckup, I mean, you got to believe, simply because we've seen him do it before, that he's going to get it right. I mean, you just you have to believe that. Now, if, in fact, when it's all said and done, that doesn't happen, then, you know, he's going to have serious problems. Um, but it's not like... You know, if this was a rookie or or differently, if if this was one of those guys that you just brought in, I mean, you'd probably be cutting him today, you know, and looking for another one. The problem is when you start that kicker carousel, it never ends because they're, whoever you're bringing in is out there because he's miskicked, kicks. 
And so you're bringing in somebody else's reject. Now, does that make it right? No. But, you know, you're in the business and, you know, you, you it's kind of like you say to yourself, well, I can't, I just can't live with this guy anymore. I, we got to make a change for whatever reason. And you make it, but it never, it never really matters much. But, That's why you have to have, you have to really feel good about suck up and feel good about the fact that he's going to. He's going to figure it out and come back here and maybe win us a game somewhere. Well, well like, I want to fire Craig Ackerman, the special teams coach. I have wanted to fire him now for like a year and a half. But I really, really, really want him because the special teams is, is terrible. They try to fake it, never works. They get faked on when it shouldn't work and it does work. And you could argue that was the player's fault because they were in the safe or whatever. They can't return punts. They barely can return kickoffs. The punter is legitimate, but... Outside of that, they, they can't do anything right on special teams. And this was a problem last year at times on special teams. So I want to fire the coach. But at the same time, I can't blame Craig Ackerman for the fact that Ryan Suckup, who has hit a bunch of kicks with Craig Ackerman being the special teams coach, I, I can't blame the special teams coach for that. You've been a special teams coach. Like, is it your job to coach the kicker on how to kick, or is it the kicker's job to make the kick no matter what? Well, I mean, the kicker and the punter, the, the truth is, of the of the special teams coaches in the league, there are probably very few true kicking coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, special teams coaches are brought in usually to scheme up kick, kick, return, punt, punt, return, and um, you know that we haven't been great at that. Um, but I mean, very few people, and and the only reason that I have any inclination about it was when uh, I had a guy, actually two guys, that were kickers for me in Minnesota that were grizzled vets. And they knew I was just a young, you know, special teams coach. And so, I mean, I listened to them just day and night. and, And those guys actually taught me you know, 10 times more than I ever taught them. Uh, but I knew, you know, we would go through it, and I knew exactly what they they wanted to do, what they could do, how they wanted to practice, you know, all of those things, and I made sure they did that every single day. So I think they kind of appreciated that. But but those guys, one was a straight-ahead kicker, and one was a soccer style. So I got kind of an education in both, which really helped. But could you go out on the field and be like, all right, Johnny, I want you to plant your foot here. I want you to rotate your foot here and kick the ball. Well, like- most, yeah, 90% of the guys that you have in the NFL have already kicked for a number of years, you know, in high school and college and whatever else. And so it's not necessarily teaching them how to kick. It's more of trying to correct some of the problems they have in the way they kick. So you look at them and you say, okay, you know, you've got to adjust this. You've got to correct this. You've got to, and, and you know, with some guys it's a bunch and some guys it's not very much. Um, but but that's kind of what it consists of. And so you got a kicker coming in like, like suck up. You know what? I mean, the most important thing somebody could do, in my opinion, would be, okay, how do you, pra- what's the absolute best practice day you can have on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? You know, and just make sure they do that, you know, because it's easy. 
especially later on in the season, they get off your routine and say, I don't need to kick quite as much today. No, no, you owe me 10 more. Get your butt out there and kick that ball. 10 more. Uh, I still think kicker's the biggest problem. I mean, at the end of the day, this season, and there's a bunch of issues with the team. I mean, I don't even know if the Titans are good. Think about who their wins are against. The Titans have four wins on the year. Cleveland sucks. Atlanta sucks. Uh, Chargers suck. Tampa sucks. So you have four wins against four bad teams. I have no idea if the Titans are any good. There's a lot of issues surrounding the Titans, and yet I still believe kicker is the number one issue right now. Well, you don't. I mean, I, I don't. Here's the 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 hard part about the Titans right now is I can look at individual groups on this team and say there are players there. They are better than a lot of teams. Inside linebackers. Then you look at other areas and you go, whoa. You know, we, and the problem that we're running into now is that, um, you know, an area that we thought was going to be an absolute strength, the offensive line, has turned into a liability. And so, you know, you've got to – now you're saying, well, you know, why aren't you real good? Well, you know, you got a backup center and you got a rookie guard. That's a bad combination. I just, again, like, I, I just want to know if the Titans are any good. I, I don't know if they're any good. I, I heard the midday show today. They were just ripping on Vrabel for the whole good to great thing, and they were just popping him on it, you know, saying, oh, that's something that a bad college would do. And I, I'm not going to jump down Vrabel's throat on the good to great stuff. I just kind of feel like, you know, there's there's a part of me that is – I'm so disappointed by the Titans. That's the hardest thing to say. Is I, I have so much expectation for this team going into this season, and even though they, they try to make it work with Marcus and it didn't, like Tannehill's actually pretty good, and they, sh- they should be competing better than they were competing yesterday. I mean, a fourth down – and McCaffrey comes right out of the backfield, and a wide receiver takes three guys with him wide open into the end zone for a touchdown. That's something that happens to a bad team, not well, a good. Yeah, team. but that's not. See, that's that that play is so common. I mean, it happens. I mean, just game after game after game. And what happens is you get picked. It's illegal, but it happens every game. And they got they run. A bunch of people create a problem. Now Evans has to try to get around, and he can't get there. And by that time, McCaffrey's in the end zone. It's touchdown. I mean, that's not. It's not a lack of not wanting to get there. It's not a lack of skill set. It's not a lack of. It's you know you got picked, and the NFL. If you're not smart enough to know that that pick could be coming, then guess what? Chance you're going to get picked. I just again like. I don't even know if the Titans are good. And I would like to see the Titans tell me that they're good. But when your four wins are against Atlanta, Cleveland. By the way, Cleveland is a mess. I mean, a hot, hot mess. Atlanta, Cleveland, the Chargers, who got a good win over Green Bay yesterday, and uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, that's, that's not inspiring a lot of confidence for me. In a season in which, again, I came into the year with high expectations that the Titans are going to be able to compete at least for a playoff spot, but probably even make it. And we are simply just not there right now. Coming up next, I am willing to admit that I was wrong for believing in something that, or for not believing in something that I should have believed in, but the GM convinced me to not believe. Well, now 
I don't care how you slice it, I believe, is the GM ready to admit that he believes. We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Next to point, the three-possession game. Jackson trying to do it himself, and he's going to try to lean in, and he's in. Touchdown. Pulls him across the line. Watch him. Yep, and Come on, big guy. Here we go. <laughs> and the ball. Pulled him into the end zone. Lamar Jackson last night beat Floyd's Patriots. Now, just to recap, Floyd did not like Lamar Jackson coming out. Wrong. As a quarterback, Floyd did not oh, okay. like... okay. A pocket-passing quarterback. As, well, any kind Which of quarterback. Is, no, a pocket-passing quarterback. You said, is he going to be an NFL quarterback? Which is a pocket-passing quarterback. I said, I don't think so. Now, is he a great... I said, what What you said, what other position should he play? I said, I don't, he can play receiver. He can play... I mean, he's a tremendously talented guy. I mean, nobody has ever doubted that. But is he going to be a pocket-passing quarterback? Can you win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? As a pocket-passing quarterback? No, him doing what he does. Oh, I don't know. Can you ever win one? I don't know. I mean, did you win one with Michael Vick? He's Michael Vick. He's better than Michael Vick. He's Michael Vick. Can you win? Did you win one with Michael Vick? So, I mean, I don't, you know, is he playing fan? I mean, he is lighting it up. He is electric. I mean, I don't think, but he was the same thing. I said, that's how he won the Heisman. See, I mean, he would go up and down the field, and he would, I mean, every snap you're scared to death that he's, because you know that if he takes off, you can't catch him. I should have known better than not trusting my guy from Louisville out of our great college. And in hindsight, Bobby Petrino has proven to be one of the single worst coaches in the history of college football the second go-around. And yet he was winning, and and the reason that he was so bad is that we were only winning eight and nine games with Jackson at quarterback. I mean, he's one of the best players in college football history, and we were only winning eight or nine games with him as the quarterback. So, I mean, I should not have doubted Lamar Jackson, and I did doubt Lamar Jackson, but I am here to say that I am done doubting Lamar Jackson and that I believe in Lamar Jackson Because even though it doesn't make a lot of sense to me how the Ravens can throw for 160 yards a game and still win, (laughs) somehow it's working. And last night, the Patriots had no answer for anybody who ran the ball in a Ravens uniform yesterday. Oh, not just him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He creased him. And this is a team that's been giving up nothing. I mean, zip. Although they've been playing nobody either. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, they they haven't, you know, they haven't been giving up points, haven't been giving up runs, haven't been giving up passes, haven't been, and uh, and I don't know what Baltimore ended up rushing for, but had to be a couple hundred, I'd imagine. But I don't know that. I mean, I don't know how you score thirty-seven points when you throw the ball one hundred and sixty-three yards, but they did, and that it's making me wonder. If Lamar Jackson has figured this out better than Michael Vick, maybe he doesn't get hurt like Michael Vick got hurt, and that means that Lamar Jackson will be able to do this at a at a at an incredibly high level. I mean, if you can beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, you can do a lot of things in this league, and Lamar Jackson proved that last night. And I would just like to hear the GM say, 
I believe you can win with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. That's not you talking about NFL quarterback. Or you talking about option quarterback? What position does he play? He plays quarterback in the NFL. Okay. No, you can't win with him as an NFL quarterback. Oh, I, I stand no. by it. No. Now, if you want to, if you want to make him uh, sprint out, you want to do all the things he does. I mean, the things he does are perfect for him. You know, the question is not, can you do it for a short period? I mean, Vince did it. RG3 did it. Michael Vick did it. Uh, there have been, this is not novel. I mean, Michael Vick had NFL. a nice career. There have been a number of players come through that are, you know, running just like he's doing. I mean, guys that run, can take off and run with the ball and do a bunch of stuff. The question is, you know, how many of those guys had long, distinguished careers? Vick had a nice little career. You take out okay. the dog fighting. I mean, he <laughs> he would have had. I mean, yeah. you know, he had that great couple, couple Details. great years Details. with the Eagles. I mean, Vic, Vic had a nice career. By the way, I don't know who the GM at the time was. Was it AJ Smith or Bobby Beathard? I don't remember who the GM at the Chargers was at the time. The guy who decided to trade away the first overall pick for Michael Vick and decided to use his two picks that he got on Ladanian Tomlinson and Drew Brees. I'd say that's a pretty good choice in the draft. I believe, though, in Lamar Jackson. The other thing, what is wrong with Brady last night? Oh, he didn't play well. Woo, Brady looked bad last night. Yeah. What but he, is, you know what? He's got one of these. Last year it was against us. He's got one of these kind of games every year. And, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it goes. But it's usually about this time. You know, I don't even know when we played him last year, but I mean, November eleventh, so one week before this. Okay, yeah. so you know, usually about this time, he goes out and just doesn't play well, and didn't play well last night. In fact, the whole team didn't play well last night. You talk about, you know, now you were playing a better team than than um, the Panthers, but I mean, you are a better team. Than, than, the than the one you played. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and yet, you know, that's now that would be frustrating to lose by what they lost by to that team, especially at home and especially being that they don't like each other at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was a good win for them. Just tell me you like Lamar Jackson's all I know is that what, what would Lamar have to do? If Lamar starts throwing for 300 a game, then would you say, okay. This guy is legit. I, he, I don't think Lamar's accurate enough to be able to throw for 300 a game. I mean, like, think, think about this. Marcus Mariota. Therein lies the crux. Marcus Mariota is infinitely more accurate than Lamar Jackson. The problem is is that Marcus can't run like Lamar because when Marcus does like run like Lamar, Marcus gets hurt. So Marcus can't do that. But Marcus wasn't an overly accurate quarterback. Since they've replaced Mariota with Tannehill, Tannehill throws for 300 a game, it feels like. I mean, Tannehill throws the ball. Because he's accurate. Like, that's the difference between, you know, Tannehill will throw for 300, Lamar will throw for 172. There you go. The question is, I don't know, like, why, if Belichick's so smart, why, how could, how come Belichick couldn't take Lamar running the ball away yesterday away from them? And Well, I'm not, see, that's the point with Lamar. I'm not sure you can take him away. I mean, what, what are you gonna, how are you going to do it? You know, you almost have to do it. I mean, you almost have to go one of those. Was it the Chargers put seven DBs on the field? Yeah, one of those where you put all DBs on the field. But the the problem is he outrun most DBs. 
I mean, he's that fast. Well, and if the other team so, can run the ball, like if, if uh, Jackson, if they get a running game with the running backs, like Mark Ingram, you got seven DBs in the field and Mark Ingram's running with the football. Now, Ingram could have just, you know, before the half fumbled the ball yesterday, it could have just crushed him. But, I mean. Mm. Well, that's that's the problem with Lamar. And, and Vic was the same way. You know, Vic was, when he came in, I mean, people were just startled at how fast he was. Uh, and I and I think people have to be saying the same thing about about Lamar. You know, I mean, he is a jet, and he's got he is so quick. I mean, he is he is athletic as a son of a gun. So I'm not taking anything away from that. Would I mean, you? He is talented. Would you feel comfortable being able to win if Lamar was your quarterback? To win what? The Super Bowl. Well, the, I mean, he's in his second year. Right. Think, think about it. Do you feel comfortable with Baker to win the Super Bowl right now? Darnold, uh, Allen, any of those guys? Well, I don't, Rosen? I don't know yet. Well, those are all the guys that went ahead of Lamar, and Lamar is winning a lot more than those guys are. Yes. And I, I mean, think Lamar a better is team better. Too, yeah, but I think I mean, Lamar and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry to throw to? Well, no. <laughs> And and I think it'll be a while before they come, before they show. <laughs> oh, I think they'll be able to get uh, Odell Beckham next year. I think he's going to wear yeah, out his welcome not, in Cleveland. That's not the point. I don't know that they will want him. I mean, that's not that's not necessarily the most valuable thing to that team. Although Baker yesterday didn't hit Odell. We had a wide-open touchdown to win the game, and Baker didn't even look at him, threw the ball to Landry. I'm like, oh, Baker. Oh, man, it is coming apart in Cleveland. That's a whole nother, which, of course, was accurately predicted right here on Jared and the GM. All offseason, we said, that Cleveland team is so fake. Now, I didn't think they'd be this bad, but we knew the coach couldn't coach. Well, you can't, again, you can't, you got guys playing that are key cogs to your team that are more worried about the shoes they're wearing than the team they're playing. So what does that tell you? You know, I mean, and and they want to gripe about it. They want to make it make it an issue. How about the fact you just got your butt kicked by a bad that? Denver team with a backup quarterback? You know, well, yeah, but I need they they can't they're going to find me for wearing the wrong shoes. Why can they do that? Ah, uh, yeah, but that's where you are. Coming up next, Floyd's three things, three things he liked from yesterday's game and three things he did not like. I guarantee you I know three that he's got three things he did not like. Floyd's three things coming up next. Jared and the GM, it's a Titans Monday. Authentically American, and I've been telling you about Authentically American forever. Promo code Jared gets you 20% off. That's right. Uh, I absolutely love everything about Authentically American. They're online at AuthenticallyAmerican.us. They take great care of our business. They take great care of you personally and you, your business as well. They have been featured in Forbes. That's right. Forbes featured this weekend Authentically American. Why? Because Authentically American is the next iconic brand that is truly American-made. So whether it's the scrubs, whether it's sweat ink, whether it's polos, oxfords, socks, jackets, hats, get everything made of that high quality just like we do with Authentically American. Authentically American, online at AuthenticallyAmerican.us. Again, you get 20% off if you use the promo code Jared. That's my name, J-A-R-E-D, online at AuthenticallyAmerican.us. Again, featured in Forbes this weekend. That's how big of a deal they are. Love them. It's Authentically American. Jared and the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game.